You are listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. I am your host, Julie McGovern. Happy New Year, Mendocino County. I have some exciting guests lined up for today's show, including Michael Pratt with the Auto Tech Department, who's going to talk about some new class offerings around sustainability with hybrid and electric vehicles. We have Christopher Chen, Integrated Vineyard Systems Advisor with the UC Cooperative Extension, North Coast, and he's bringing back a viticulture class at the Ukiah campus, and we'll talk about that. And I'll also have as a guest today, Director of Community Relations and Communications for Mendocino College, Rose Bell, and we'll talk about the start of the spring semester approaching and the 50th anniversary of Mendocino College, so stay tuned. Okay, so thank you for being here. My first guest is Michael Pratt. Welcome. And why don't you tell us, um, just introduce yourself, Michael. Uh, you're with the Auto Tech program at Mendocino College. How long have you been with the college? Good morning and Happy New Year. Um, Oops, sorry. Start that again. I forgot to put your mic on. <laughs> Go ahead. Good morning and Happy New Year. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, I've been in the Auto Tech program for four years at Mendocino College. Um, I've been a full-time faculty, um, kind of running the program for two years now. Okay, excellent. And we're here today to really talk about this new hybrid technologies class that is, this is the first time this spring semester this class is happening, right? Yes, so we, we, we actually had two classes approved for the program. One is alternative fuels class and one is hybrid technologies class. And our first one we're offering is the hybrid technologies class for, you know, the most common hybrid everyone knows about is the Prius. You see them everywhere, but it's how they operate, how they function. They have a unique transmission, they have a unique battery pack, and how to be safe when um, repairing and diagnosing them. And this is something that is obviously becoming more and more prevalent, especially in the state of California, since the um, mandate, essentially, that you know by 2030 all vehicles will have to be electric vehicles, right? Well, it'll be, um, they all have to be a plug-in electric um, of some sort um, by 2035. So it could be a hybrid that's a plug-in hybrid or a full electric vehicle. But yes, the, the state of California is going extremely towards uh, electric vehicles and le um, electric vehicle powertrains. And we are in need of technicians that can work on them. I mean, we already have quite a few out there and not a lot of classes or a lot of um, technical support on the, on the private sector to... Um, learn how they operate and how they work. Mm -hmm. So are you hearing from um, like garages and mechanics in our in our district um, that they're, they're they're wanting some workers in the pipeline who have this kind of expertise and skills? Absolutely and we're in Mendocino County so when what happens in the Bay Area happens a few years later out here but yes it's becoming a, a real need uh, for people that can diagnose and repair these vehicles safely. It's been an increasing need in the past um, I'd say two to three years as the vehicles that were sold in 2010 and 2012 are now out of warranty and needing more repairs as they have higher mileage. Mm -hmm. And so I have I don't know anything about car repair really, so I'm probably a good person to be like a pretend listener. <laughs> you could uh, inform and educate, but obviously uh, you're talking about a completely different model than a regular standard gas car. 
Yes and no. So with the hybrid, it's, it is completely different in some ways and completely the same in others. Your brakes and suspension and tires are exactly the same, and often even your combustion engine is the same. But where it goes outside of the realm of what we're used to is how the transmission operates. Does it even have clutch packs? Does it even have gears? It may just have a very simple um, planetary gear set that it, that it propels you forward or backward. And then you also have your electric motor that assists your engine and or operates the vehicle on its own. And then you have high voltage batteries, which is completely different than the normal 12 volt batteries your average combustion engine has. And how to diagnose and honestly be safe around them is really important. Um, and most manufacturers, since hybrid technology is fairly recent technology, has a different transmission than what they like to use. Some you like to use a constant velocity transmission, others use a standard automatic transmission, yet others yet have sometimes no real transmission at all other than a planetary gear set. And so to know the differences, um, to be able to diagnose correctly is, is really important. So this sounds like uh, complicated. <laughs> and you're uh, tasked with teaching this to students who are learning this for the first time. So how did you get educated on all of these new technologies? So um, my my history with automotive goes way back to middle school, really. But the last 20 years, I worked for an uh, automotive manufacturer that made cutting-edge vehicles. And I was a field service engineer and an area manager for automotive manufacturer for 20 years. And so luckily for me, I was in a brand that was very, very cutting-edge. And I was the call, field service engineer is basically the call-in doctor. When they had an issue with the vehicle, they'd reach out to the manufacturer. The manufacturer would send me to help the technicians um, repair the vehicle vehicles on site. So I've, I've had a very good, um, uh, very lucky and very good relationship with the latest technologies because the manufacturer I worked for for quite a few years. Okay, so you so you were working through that the beginning of the transition to hybrid, so you're well versed in that. Well, that sounds like you're a good fit for <laughs> for teaching our, our local students um, how to how to learn about all this, and more importantly, how to repair, <laughs> because that's what our auto tech students are ultimately going to be doing is being employed as mechanics for the most part. Uh, do you have some students that take classes just because they're people who want to be able to repair their own vehicle? Yeah, so what I found is within our within the students we have at Mendocino College, about 50% are looking for a career in automotive, okay. a serious career in automotive um, of the students I have. And about 50% are looking into it as a hobby for their own vehicle, or they're into um, autocross, or I had one that was into sprint cars, and so they want to use the school as a way to broaden their own um, knowledge on their hobby. Um, the 50% that take it seriously, though, usually have a full-time job within the automotive industry somewhere around halfway to two-thirds of the way through the program, which is really good, and it shows how much community support we have for our students because mm -hmm. um, they're being hired while they're still in the program. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that that's why you kind of strategically have the, the classes as night classes, 6 to 10 p.m., to accommodate students who are working full-time. Yes, the, the more advanced classes are almost strictly night classes, which is kind of hard for me. I'm more of a morning person, but that's the way it works. <laughs> um, and the more beginner classes like intro and basics are more in the afternoons. Um, so as a student progresses with their career, hopefully, they stay with the program until its end, which is really our ultimate goal is to give them as much information as we possibly can as they step out into whatever it is they decide to do. Okay. So this uh, hybrid technologies class that you're offering for the first time this spring, I should mention the spring semester starts January 17 
17th and enrollment is open so anyone who is interested in taking that class should sign up and learn from from Michael who sounds like he's an expert at this stuff um, but another thing that's in the pipeline which I believe you said won't be probably till next spring spring of 2024 but that's a whole new electric vehicle program is that the correct way yeah to describe so it? it's a alternative fuels class so it's it goes more in depth with the full electric vehicles or the fuel cell vehicles um, we're still going to be off a little bit and probably next spring or maybe a little bit later than that to offer the class because we need more uh, a facility that we can actually operate the class in and we are in the pipelines of working on that but with that class it would be more like um, a, the Tesla Model S taking the battery pack out how to balance the cells put the battery pack back in um, how the full electric vehicles work and then going on a little bit further to fuel cell vehicles which uses hydrogen gas to create electricity to then then operate your electric vehicle so it's the the hydrogen vehicles actually still most of them still use a electric motor to power the vehicle but the hydrogen gas creates electricity but the both the theory and operation and really it's important to be able to safely remove a battery pack disassemble the battery pack balance the cells replace a bad cell and put it back together safely would be kind of one of the key components to the class okay and that's why it's going to necessitate to necessitate some construction is to yeah. accommodate all of those kind of new and it won't be really new construction construction but it'll be definitely an update to the building we have now in order to accommodate the class cool well um one thing i know that you um depend upon or at least you um it helps you when people like you mentioned someone donated a tesla to the program because they were upgrading their own vehicle so i think you said it was like a 2014 model s that somebody donated for the students to work on so anyone out there who's listening and it's a brand new year and is thinking about upgrading their vehicle and you uh, want to donate to the mendocino college auto tech program i'm sure michael uh, would be happy to hear from you <laughs> yes we're in need of anything hybrid we have quite a few priuses but you know there's a highlander hybrids there's ford Hi there's so many different hybrids out there any hybrids or any a small electric cars like a leaf or something along those lines that if somebody is you know the battery packs getting worn out once the battery packs are kind of used up often the cost of replacement is equal to the value of the vehicle someone that has something like that um, we, we obviously give a certain um, uh, uh, tax um, um, receipt for it mm -hmm. but uh, we could really use um, more vehicles along the lines of the newer classes we have a lot of the older vehicles We're trying to upgrade our our fleet and if anyone is interested that'd be awesome Okay, how would they get in touch with you if they were interested in that? They can reach out to me by my email. Um, it's my first initial, M, and my last name, Pratt, mpratt at mendocino.edu. They can also look me up on um, the, the college website. But um, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, the phone rings a lot, but I'm in the shop most of the time, and email is usually the fastest way to get a hold of me. Okay, good to know. Um, anything else that you want to mention about the either the new class or any other classes in the auto tech department that are uh, happening for spring semester? Well, in the spring semester, we have quite a bit. Engines is back. Um, most of our um, classes the students are familiar with are filling up pretty quickly. Um, the hybrid class, we could use a few more students, so we're reaching out. Um, we have engines, like I said, engines have returned. We hadn't had engines for a semester. We have manual transmissions. We have an intro class that's filling up pretty quickly. Our intro classes usually fill up pretty quickly, though, because you get a wide range of students that want to take that. Um, and um, we'll be starting up um, Cars and Coffee again with our auto club starting in the spring as well. So you'll start seeing us popping up with our little car shows um, around the community this next spring. 
Okay, and how do people find out about the Cars and Coffee? Uh, usually we put that on um, on Facebook. We have a couple of different Facebook outlets. We put it on, and we put out a couple of flyers. And what usually that is is it's a kind of a spring-up um, car shows on the first Saturday of each month. The Auto Tech Club pays for the donuts and pays for the coffee and invites anyone in the community that wants to show their car. And it really doesn't matter what type of genre you're into to come in and enjoy some coffee and some donuts. And we often do it at employers that are hiring techs um, at various shops or dealerships that happen to be hiring at the time to kind of get students to know the faculty and the faculty to know the students, the faculty of the shop, of course. And the... um, um, kind of bring the community together. Some of our shows turn out amazingly large, and some of our shows are kind of tiny. Mm-hmm. But either way, um, it's usually a good. It's usually a good time. It's if you really want to get into the car culture. Exactly, it's very <laughs> car culture. <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of folks who, even if that's not their job, like you said, that's their hobby. So that's good to know. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for for coming on today. And again, if you're interested in those classes, um, the spring semester starts January 17th. And if you're interested in um, donating a vehicle, you can get in touch with Michael at mpratt at mendocino.edu. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Okay, so so I'm going to switch over, and we're going to introduce Christopher Chen. Welcome, Christopher. Um, Wait, let me put your mic on. There we go. Okay, now you should be on. So, Christopher, thank you for coming up from Santa Rosa this morning to to chat with us. Um, You're going to be doing uh, a viticulture class at the Ukiah campus for Mendocino College, which I think Kurt told me hasn't happened in six years or so. So tell me a little bit about why you think it was important to bring this class back, especially in Mendocino County. Yeah, so Mendocino County is um, one of the, you know, the top producing wine grape regions in California. Um, I think we have about 18,000 acres of wine grapes uh, alone, which is quite a bit, actually. Uh, rivals Lake County, which also has quite a few. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a crime that we don't have viticulture program here. Um, we do have, you know, other schools in the state, uh, Cal Poly, uh, CSU Fresno and UC Davis that are very well known for their great programs, their viticulture programs. Um, and they're, you know, this course used to be offered here uh, every other year, which hopefully it will be again now. So, you know, just if people want to get into that industry, I think it's really important to have a good background, good basics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the college is a great place to do that. So this is an intro class, but it's really geared towards someone who's either thinking about exploring a career, but it also could be someone who already is working that may want to kind of upgrade their skills or, or so to speak. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I think the course is going to be geared towards somebody who is interested in getting into the industry and wants to be at that level where they can manage a crew, where they can go out and see what's wrong with the vineyard uh, and have a good theoretical background of what's going on, but a practical Uh, experience in dealing with those things. So yeah, current vineyard managers, um, assistant vineyard managers, field crews, uh, it's designed for a lot of different people and it's divided into, um, it's going to be divided into sections where we go through theory, history, background, uh, and practical experience like pruning. Okay. Well, if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to KZYX 90.7 FM. My name is Julie McGovern, and this is the Mendocino College Radio Hour.
We're talking today, since it's the brand new year and a brand new semester starting in a few weeks, about some new programs and classes that are happening at Mendocino College. And I'm talking now with Christopher Chen, who's the Integrated Vineyard Systems Advisor for the UC Cooperative Extension North Coast. And he's bringing a, a viticulture class back to the Ukiah campus. And I read in the flyer that the class will utilize the college's on-site demonstration vineyard and also field trips to local vineyards and production sites. So have you met with local vineyards and wineries about their needs in terms of, um, you know, like you're saying, um, the, the, the worker pipeline, so to speak? Yeah, so um, my current position as uh, UC Vineyard Advisor is um, part of my job is to go around and see what's, what's going on and what people need help with. Um, and then I get a feel kind of for the area and what the area's problems are when it comes to grapes because every place is different. You go to the south a bit, you go down to Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, um, their problems are a lot different than our problems. That said, um, getting students out in the field is going to be really important to see what's going on on a practical standpoint. Uh, but practicing in the vineyards here at the Ukiah campus will be really useful as well. One of the things that uh, a lot of growers want is somebody who knows how to prune but isn't isn't married to the concept of how they prune. So uh, one of the things we're going to teach is how to prune in different styles of California for wine grapes. For Napa, it's different than Sonoma. For Sonoma, it's different than Fresno, Lodi, and that's different than here. Hmm. So we have enough vines on campus um, to match them up with 30 students, and we'll, we'll go through and I'll teach them how to prune all the different ways. Grafting, uh, if they want to work in a nursery, that kind of stuff too. But we're going to focus on main problems. Like in Mendocino County, we do have a problem with spring frost. So how do you deal with spring frost? It's a really good example for the region. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned this morning, even coming up here from Santa Rosa, that it was a little chillier. It's a little cold. <laughs> so that persists probably into the spring. Um, so I didn't know there was so many different ways to prune. That's news to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a preference of the vineyard uh, manager and the, the winemaker that's either purchasing the wine or just uh, is part of the, the vineyard that the wine comes from, the grapes come from. Um, there's different styles. Some people like to leave one, one cluster per shoot. Some people like to leave three. It just depends on where you are. Um, your, your theory on what is best for the wine that you're making uh, and your price per ton, really. Mm -hmm. If you can afford it, a lot of people will prefer to have less fruit. Um, it's not always the best thing, but that's something that we have to learn and uh, something that people need to know about if they're coming from a high production region and they're going mm -hmm. to somewhere where they'll remove 50% of the crop to get uh, a better quality on the remaining fruit. Okay. So that's why somebody would want to maybe take this class is like if it were somebody like me who had, you know, zero knowledge about this, I could learn. And if I wanted to go into that field and, and um, for a job, then I would know that, you know, I'd have to be flexible and learn other, those different techniques. Yeah. What other kinds of things would the students learn in this um, viticulture class? So we're going to look at... Um Vitus vinifera mostly. This is, you know, the grapes that we see as table grapes, raisin grapes, wine grapes. That's that's going to be the majority of the class. But we're also going to look at wild grapes and what kind of grapes we have here and what that means for the genetic diversity of rootstocks, um, things that we would use as the root system. We're going to learn about the common pests and diseases. And one of the aspects of the course that I want to highlight is that we're going to go over the different licenses and certificates that people can attain um, to be PCAs, um, pesticide control advisors, um, or QALs, um, QACs. These are all very 
lucrative jobs uh, that require, you know, you take a test, but you need to know the background of how they work in order to do it. Um, and the majority of the class is going to be graded on a final project. So we're not going to have one exam and then a final project. Um, and the project's going to be how to design a vineyard. And I think that's really important to know, even if you're not in vineyard design, uh, because you're going to have to learn how to repair a vineyard, how to fix problems that you have. You have to pull out 10 acres and somebody says, well, you, you should do this, and it's your employer, you need to know what needs to be done with the irrigation, with the vines, with the soils, all of that. It sounds very specialized. Like even the the pest control, you know, I I didn't I didn't really think about the fact that probably every vineyard probably has to have somebody in charge of pest control. That's a big issue. I mean, obviously, I knew it was an issue, but I didn't think about the fact that you'd have to have a separate certificate to fill that position. So is that that's kind of the thing that you're hearing from the from the vineyards, uh, the owners, that you know, the employers, is that they want people that have these spe really specialized skills. Well, I, I think most vineyards need somebody like that, and a lot of them. Um, use third-party PCAs, third-party pest control advisors, um, and that's great. It works out very well, and there's really good companies that do that. Um, but, you know, to be part of that company, a lot of people need these certificates. So it's not isolating it just for vineyards either. If you have these licenses, you can adapt them. You can change your, your crop. You can do all of this. Um, it's kind of an adjacent thing that we all use in agriculture, particularly um, perennial crops like pears and grapes. Uh, and I think it's really important that that people know about it mm -hmm. at the minimum. They, you know, exposure is is key for these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that must be when you see I see a lot of vehicles around, at least in Ukiah and over in Anderson Valley. You know, vineyard management. So those would be like an example of a company that they might not have their own vineyard business, but they are contracted to go to different vineyards and do specific. Right jobs. Yeah, those, so the vineyard management companies are fantastic, and they they do a lot of the heavy lifting that um, smaller growers can't can't really do themselves. Uh, and part of their team is typically some kind of pest advisor, uh, somebody that can recommend pesticides, herbicides, um, you know, IPM or integrated pest management strategies. Uh, these are all really important aspects of the job. That said, they also need to know things in vineyard management companies like canopy management, like fertigation, how much to, you know, vineyard fertility, irrigation. Um, and that's all stuff that I want to teach during this course and the, the following one in, uh, in fall. So that was going to be my next question is sort of how do you see, since this is sort of a revitalization, right, a six-year hiatus since this um, viticulture program has really seen any love. <laughs> um, how do you see this program growing? Like you obviously identified the need for this type of education and certificate um, and degree. Um, there's an obviously a need among the employers in in the area. Um, how do you see it developing from this this class onward? Yeah, so I I think you know we'll have to listen to the community and see what they want after this first year. Um, this is really just to get it off the ground. I'm really excited to teach it. Um, but if there's something that I'm missing in the class, if there's something that the growers out there really want people to know before they end up on their property, uh, we need to get that information from them and we need to modify the course. Traditionally, this course and the following one, uh, AGR 111 and 112, are offered every other year. Um, and I think that fits well with what I do and what other people want to. Um, so I think that if we do it this way, the way that I'm planning on doing it this year with theory and practice, and 
somebody gives me feedback and says they want you know the graduates of this program uh, who will come out of it with a form of certificate that says they took viticulture classes uh, if they want them to know something else if they want them to know something specific to the region we can accommodate for that in the f subsequent years mm -hmm. so learn as you go basically like we all do yeah um and what is the name of the the class do you know yeah so uh the course numbers are agriculture 111 and 112 and that's intro to viticulture is 111 and viticultural practices is 112. okay and as we've mentioned the spring semester starts on the 17th of january this month so if you're if this sounds interesting to you and you want to um learn more you can go to mendocino.edu and explore how to um, sign up for the class Mm -hmm. um, well, Christopher, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you coming up. Was there anything that we didn't touch on that you that you wanted to add? Uh, I think, you know, this course isn't just for people that want to get in the, the grape industry. It's really good for them. Um, but if you have a home vineyard, you have an acre at home, this is be very useful for you, too. I Part of my current job is uh, going around and helping people with their problems in their vineyards. And I I think a lot of people would benefit from a good background of um, management, pests and diseases, um, and just general general knowledge that you need to grow a vineyard. So, you know, if you're not in the industry and you have vines, it's still such a good class to take. Yeah, I had a rental house about 10 years ago that had kind of an arbor in the back. I mean, it had fig trees and pears and apples. Whoever had planted, you know, cherries, there was all kinds of, of fruit. Um, and I always felt kind of bad that the grapes always looked really sad. <laughs> And I thought, oh, I mean, they they tasted good, but they were just, I mean, I felt like they could have if they had the proper management. They were a little bit of someone who knew what they were doing, that they could could really do better. So um, if I still live there, I'd take your class. <laughs> and I, I think a lot of what I'm going to teach is going to overlap with other perennial crops, too. So, you know, if you have a, um orchard or a vineyard at your house that's struggling, this would be a good place to learn about how to take care of it. And if you're just interested in, in ag world because yeah. you know i mean it's always fun on campus to go over to the plant sale and and to the greenhouse and you know we're it's i think it's a really great program and i think this is a great addition so thank you so much for telling us more about it christopher thanks for having and me have a wonderful day you too Okay, so I have one more guest today, but before I introduce her, I will just uh, remind you that you're listening to KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits, and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. My name is Julie McGovern. I am the host of the Mendocino College Radio Hour, which you're listening to right now. We talk about all things related to Mendocino College and all the latest and greatest exciting news and and um, people who, who are involved with that, such as my next guest, whose name is Rose Bell. Welcome, Rose. Thank you for having me, Julie, and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Um, and Rose is the Director of Community Relations and Communications for Mendocino College. And you've only been in that role for a few months, but you've got a long history yourself with Mendocino College and one of the things that's exciting about this period in time is 2023 marks the 50th anniversary of Mendocino College so since you've got a little bit of history what does that kind of mean to you? 
Yeah, it's actually pretty exciting to me. I, um, I've only been in this role for the past few months, as you mentioned, but I previously was an adjunct at the college for the last nine years, and prior to that, uh, worked in curriculum. So it was interesting hearing uh, you and Doug talk a little about the courses. Um, and so, yeah, and prior to that, I also was a student at Mendocino College. I'm a Mendocino College graduate. Uh, so it it's a close institution to my heart and it's exciting to be able to look back on the 50th anniversary and to look at how it kind of intertwines with our community and how Mm -hmm. it's grown with our community. Well I thought that was really kind of, I hadn't, you know, sometimes when you bring different people and different things together you never know what connections will be made and when I was talking to Michael about the auto tech and he was talking about the remodel that's going to be required in order to accommodate the electric vehicle program next year and he said, well, you know, ours is the second oldest building on campus, so we probably need some upgrades anyway. Um, and I remembered, you know, kind of in the course of this year, going through some of the archives and just being able to be part of what the co- the committee's been looking at in terms of old photos and, you know, the start at the fairgrounds and then um, the move to the Ukiah campus. And, yeah, Auto Tech was one of the first buildings that was built and so to me that really speaks to the importance of that program to this community like Michael was saying I mean a lot of times that their students are already working full-time in the field they're just taking the classes to be able to get better better skills or a certificate or a degree which will lead them maybe to a better paying job or you know, to fill a different need. But um, I think that, you know, that's at the heart of what community college is really about is serving the needs of the local economy and the employers and improving the lives of the students to be, you know, to earn better wages and open up different career pathways and possibilities. So, yeah, I think looking back at 50 years is, is kind of remarkable how far the college has come from in 1973 you know the first little portals at the fairgrounds to what the campus is today i mean so many new buildings and then the three centers and anyway yeah we were established in 1972 with the first classes offered in 1973 at the fairgrounds in ukiah as you mentioned and what i was really surprised by is that the very first classes there was over a thousand students that first semester wow, that's a in lot. 1973 which is a lot for our little community um which also shows the need that that existed for the community and classes continued in portables um at the fairgrounds for many years until it really outgrew that space and it started to spread out into other buildings around town and eventually the trustees determined that they really needed to to buy land uh, Mm -hmm. to build a dedicated campus and that's when they bought the um, Yokeo Ranch on Hensley Creek Road which is a 127 acre uh, sheep ranch that they began construction on those first buildings which the first one was Macmillan Hall which was classrooms and administration and the second was Vogue Tech Mm -hmm. and um, and and along with Vogue Tech was also the head house for the agriculture department, which is interesting because it's very much in line with what community colleges are here for and what we are here for as a rural community college, which is both those associate degrees, those transfer level degrees, but also those uh, career technical programs that allow people to just, you know, get right back into the workforce or to level up with their skills and, you know, kind of grow their careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And I I was struck by looking at some of the pictures, like you said, um, 
when things were spread out around town and <laughs> it's just you know when you when you're there today you know it's just a, a whole sprawling campus it's a gorgeous place it's got so so much in the way of facilities but the old barn still stands <laughs> the old barn the original <laughs> barn from the sheep ranch is mm-hmm. still there and it just got a brand new paint job too oh nice i haven't even noticed that mm-hmm. well i know in the fall we were excited to have the eagle brought back to the water tower mm-hmm. and have that repainted which um they did a great job i think it was dunlap done right did that um so yeah so what kind of things are planned to celebrate i mean i know of some of them but you're probably more keyed in than i am um in terms of ways that we're going to really you know commemorate the 50th anniversary of mendocino college yeah i think probably the biggest thing which will be kind of like our our birthday party uh that we really are going to be inviting all of the community both um alumni folks who have worked there in the past gone to taking classes there in the past and those who have never been out to the campus because it really is a beautiful campus mm-hmm. um is a community day which is going to be in march at the end of march and we'll be you know sending out lots more information as that rolls up but um it'll really be a day to um, have fun. It's going to be very family friendly. There'll be a lot of activities. Uh, there'll be um, different kinds of entertainment. We really want to highlight some of the different programs at the college, but also just make it you know playful and fun. There'll be food and entertainment and activities um, on the campus, and so that's gonna that's currently planned for. Saturday, March 25th um, at the Ukiah campus. And it'll really be a chance for anyone who has ever been connected to the school has ever been curious about the school and those that are interested in joining the college um, as a student in these coming years and just to kind of, you know, learn a little bit more meet some of the folks that that um put on this work because it's it's a pretty big institution for our small community mm-hmm. well i've been working on compiling kind of an alumni list that's been a project um and going through some of the original lists that i've gotten from it and from admissions and records it's just remarkable to me how many names i recognize and that's just probably from you know the last 20 years yeah, you know, I was um, pretty amazed. I was looking back at some of the stats, and it looks like there have been over 340,000 students who have been supported um, on their academic journey that have gone through the college in the last 50 years. And, you know, considering how small of a county we are, we're about 90,000 in mm-hmm. the entire county. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's touched a lot of folks in our community, and it really whether it's a lifelong learner that's coming back in to take some art classes or you know to brush up on their spanish or whether it's someone you know taking those career tech programs or those um those transfer degrees that we offer that's a lot of people in our community who have have been connected to the college in Mm -hmm. some way and another thing that's been remarkable to me since i've been working there is how many people who are employed by the district who are Mendocino College alums, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have board members, you know, that are either graduates with degrees or just, you know, we have board members that just take the creative writing class because they enjoy it. And every, you know, couple of semesters, they'll take it just to, for the fulfillment of it, you know. Um, and so I know my first touch points with the college were either either bringing my kids to the Nutcracker Ballet, bringing them to the Ukiah Concert Association performances, which happens in the theater, and then also athletics. 
mm-hmm. you know, going to basketball games or baseball. Um, we went to a soccer game this fall because I don't have two kids playing soccer. So, you know, it's it, the college has a place for people even if you're not currently enrolled or studying there. So it sounds like that community day is going to be a real opportunity for all of those categories of people and just the, the community in general to come out and and have fun and eat some food and hang out on our beautiful um, campus. Absolutely. And, you know, with athletics, I, you know, I made it to a couple of the soccer games as well in the fall. And for this entire year, um, all of the games are free to the community as part of our 50th anniversary. So anyone is welcome to come on up. The schedules are on our website at www.mendocino.edu. And um, it's a great way, you know, even if you're not taking a class, even if you don't have um, a a family member that, you know, is taking classes, you can still come to the games. Mm -hmm. There are shows that happen at the college you know uh once the musical will be opening on march 23rd um this spring as well as a number of symphony performances and the dance show Uh, so there are a lot of ways to um to to come up to campus and to get involved you know a lot of our performances are also very community driven Mm -hmm. so even if you're not a full-time student you know you can audition for a show Mm -hmm. you can be part of um the jazz band you know there's there's a lot of opportunity to just kind of continue growing as a person yeah we went to the um the symphony holiday concert I saw you there. Yeah. Um, but I was blown away by the chorus. That's the first time I had heard Janice Tim, who's mm-hmm. the director. And most of them seemed like they that's just it's almost like a club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't know much about it. Driven, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I also was really struck by the chorus. Yeah, um, they were really good. Yeah, and uh you can see the work that Janice Tim has done with them mm-hmm. and I knew a few members and they are community members. They're not full time students. They're folks that want an opportunity to sing and it's a great place to be able to kind of hone those skills and have a chance to perform. Mm-hmm. Well and I know some people that are involved with our our theater friends of the Mendocino College Theater Affiliate Group are, are just community members who got involved with the theater as perfor- you know, in the performances. Um, so that's just another way that people have a touch point with the college. Um, well, I know the big thing for the foundation, the way that we're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of Mendocino College is with the return of the gala, mm-hmm. which is going to be on May 13th, 2023, under the big white tents on the football field. We're expecting a huge turnout. Um, we're going to have Senator McGuire as our MC and um, Rachel Britton as our auctioneer. And we're basically going to be, you know, yes, the past 50 years have been amazing, but also we're kind of have this tagline of funding the future mm-hmm. because what the main thing that the foundation does to support students is through scholarships. And so we have this 50th anniversary scholarship campaign and the gala is going to be all about just trying to, you know, support students. We're going to have um, some of the ag students grow some of the food that we're going to be eating at the gala prepared by the culinary arts department students. Um, served on platters that are ceramics students are going to be making as part of their um, spring project and so just in every way you know possible trying to remind people of you know what what that funding the future really means that it's actually community members in our towns that benefit from going to Mendocino College and then 
improving the community at large, whether they be nurses or mechanics or artists um, or go on to get a degree and come back and teach. Lord knows we need more teachers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I'll reintroduce uh, Rose Bell. And Rose is the directory, Director of Community Relations and Communications from Mendocino College. My name is Julie McGovern. I am your host of the Mendocino College Radio Hour. And we are now talking about the 50th anniversary, um, but we also should remind people again, I think I've done it a few times, but that the spring semester is upon us and um, classes begin January 17th. So today's the third. If you're thinking about taking class or enrolling part-time, full-time, um, how do people find out about um, registering for classes? Yeah, thank you. Um, classes, you can register online at www.mendocino.edu. There's a full class schedule there you can link to from the home page. You can also come onto any of our campus or center locations. We have the Ukiah campus. We also have centers in Willits, Lakeport, and Fort Bragg, and you can uh, register in person if that's easier for you. I also just want to remind people that, you know, one of the things uh, with the pandemic, obviously we shifted to a lot of online and now we are back on ground, but the result has created a very flexible opportunity for students to take classes. So we have classes that are fully online still. We have classes that are hybrid that just meet um, every once in a while and then they're partially online. We have classes that are fully in person, and we also have classes at a lot of locations. In addition to Ukiah, Willits, Fort Bragg, and Lakeport, we also have some classes in other regions such as Covalo, Anderson Valley, and Laytonville. So there's really a lot of ways and places um, for students to take classes and meet those, whether those are academic goals or whether it's just to kind of upgrade a skill set. Um, and I also wanted to mention that the financial aid opportunities right now are really incredible. It's a great time to be a student. Mm -hmm. um, as I've kind of been getting reintroduced to the college um, in this way from the time that I was a student or, you know, when I was working as an adjunct, is that, um, you know, right now we have the Mendocino College Promise Program, and that is two years free tuition for any um, new students. So that right there is a huge boon. And um, for anyone, we really want to encourage any students to take um, a moment to fill out the FAFSA or the California Dream Act application, because then our financial aid department can really work on coming up with the best um, financial aid package for you that very, I, I would say, it, it would be um, very rarely that those really include loans. For the most part, mm -hmm. it is, you know, um, grants and scholarships and things like the um, Promise Program that make it a great time to, you know, to take some classes. Or if you have a student that's looking at starting college, doing their first two years at a local community college at Mincino College before they transfer to a four-year there's a lot of agreements in place that gives them transfer opportunities to other um, California universities without having the burden of that student debt for the first two mm -hmm. years of their schooling. Well, and I'd also like to shout out just how like helpful and knowledgeable the people that work in our financial aid and our counseling office are with helping prospective or existing students find these resources. I've learned a lot from talking. Um, in November, I had Yuliana Sandoval, our financial aid director, and Mark Edward Osea, our uh, transfer counselor and articulation officer on. And Mark was talking about a particular student who wanted to go on and get their bachelor's degree, but had 
family commitments, taking care of, um, I think, an elderly parent and, you know, working. And so the idea of uprooting and moving to a different town, you know, even if it's just Sacramento or even Santa Rosa, was just not really doable. And so he was able to find a completely online way for that student to stay right here in Mendocino County, you know, keep keep up with their family obligations and their job and still work towards getting that degree. So, um, you know, if, if you're like hesitant because you just don't know how to make it all work, I would highly recommend talking to our, our counselors and our financial aid office because they have so much information and like Rose said, all of the different options that are available to make it um, free. And then of course, through the foundation, you can also apply for a scholarship and the scholarship season opened last month on the 5th of December and doesn't close until March 1st. So this is a good window right now if you're at all thinking about exploring the opportunity of Mendocino Community College to go to mendocino.edu and check that out. Um, I guess we could open it up to some phone calls, see if there's anybody out there listening who has questions for um, Rose or myself. Um, my guests from earlier in the program, Michael Pratt and Christopher Chen, both had to leave for other appointments. But if certainly if you had questions that you wanted me to relay to them, um, you could do so. Anyway, if you are out there listening and you have a question or a comment or want to chat with Rose Bell or myself, the number to call is 707-895-2448. That's 895-2448. We are live here in the MCOE studio in Talmadge, um, and we are happy to take your call. If you would like, it's 895-2448. Um, but if we don't have any calls, we'll just continue talking about <laughs> all things Mendocino College related. Um, what else is upcoming on the horizon? So we also, as part of our 50th anniversary, are planning an exhibit that will be at the Mendocino College Gallery. Okay. Um, that'll be opening in the spring. Um, and that's slated to open in... May, I think. I have the date down, but of course I changed pages. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, so the, um, the gallery exhibit will be an opportunity for us to reflect both on the 50 years that we have been part of this community, but also, like you mentioned with the gala, a way to look forward into the future of the college and how we will continue to grow with the needs of our community and adapt. You know, I think um, what Michael Pratt was talking about this morning with the hybrid classes um, for hybrid automotive classes is an excellent example of the college responding to the needs that are in our community to ensure that our students have the skill set that they need to go out there and enter the workforce mm -hmm. or for you know community members who are lifelong learners to be able to advance those skills you know I'm sure there are thousands of you know home mechanics in the county mm -hmm. that um, have now you know kind of moved on to a hybrid vehicle that don't know how to work on those and so mm -hmm. um, just that uh, adaptation and looking towards the future and everything that we're doing mm -hmm. and another area that I think um, along those lines of kind of being responsive and changing with the times is some of the work that like Pamela Heston's been doing um, with 
it's like a workforce alliance, but it's developing, developing, for instance, on the coast, they, she kind of did a survey of a lot of the hospitality and tourism businesses, um, on the Mendocino coast, because that's such an important part of their, um, economy. And they are developing a certificate program. I don't know when it's going to be in place, because I just learned this morning that these things take quite a lot of time because they have to be approved by the state and the curriculum committees and all of this, which is in the end good because then they all align with what they should be. But um, it's not like you can just decide, oh, two, in two weeks we're going to offer this class. Mm-hmm. But they're in something in the pipeline for um, the hospitality industry. It's like a, a six-week certificate for you know like retail hospitality retail so like basic customer service skills um, you know some of the things that maybe an entry-level person you know there's so many of those jobs open and employers are really hungry for people who can come in ready to work you know obviously you'll need some training for that specific business um, but that you know that they're really that there's an effort on the part of the college to really respond to the unique needs of like you said we're such a huge county in so many different places where Mendocino College has classrooms and there are things that are unique to those specific businesses like you know metal fx up in willits maybe needing you know, welding or you know things like that and then a lot of the stuff that's being done um even at the high school level um in in the dual enrollment and the middle college program um, makes up quite a bit of our of our current students. Yeah, I was thinking of dual enrollment when you were when you were just talking. Um, that is a really great program. I have a niece that went through dual enrollment, and I um, my stepdaughter went through dual enrollment, which was uh, when they were still high school students. They were able to take classes at the college, and by the time um, my niece graduated from high school, she also graduated with her AA and mm-hmm. went on to um, pursue her bachelor's degree with some of those lower level requirements already in place, yeah. which was really incredible. And we do have a very robust dual enrollment program mm-hmm. at Mendocino College um, that I would encourage you know any young person interested in really uh, looking into this option to, mm-hmm. to contact the college. Um, they could contact admissions and records um, and learn more about it. Yeah, I know from... Um in our office, Eliza uh, Greider, who goes out and does a lot of the, she kind of piggybacks with the Reg to Go team that goes out to the high schools and they kind of talk about, you know, fill out your FAFSA, how to register and enroll, you know, what their class options are. Um, a lot of those students already are taking classes through the dual enrollment um, program. But she's heard feedback when she's mentioned, you know, oh, you should apply for a scholarship. You know, are you thinking of going to college? You're like, oh, I, you know, the, the idea, I think, from a lot of parents is the cost issue. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you could graduate from high school with your associate's degree mm-hmm. <laughs> and then save that much money. Um, but we actually have, oh, they hung up. <laughs> I was so, so excited. Oh, wait, no, they're still here. So let me see if I can do this. Hang on one second. Hang on, caller. Just wait. I'm trying to get you going. Okay, caller, you're on the air. Okay, thank you. Um, I just wanted to comment really quick at the beginning of the show. uh, The gentleman, um, I can't remember his last name, Michael, um, said that things happen in the Bay Area and then four years later come up here. And I know he's not on the show now, but I would just like to rebut that and said that Things that have happened here 40 years ago are now happening in the Bay Area. And my question for your guest who's sitting there now is, 
where did she see the 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 college move as as far as um, sustainable technology? Since we're going to be having uh, wind generation off our coast, is that something that's in the foresight of of having classes on um, how to teach our local folks to uh, build and operate those? That's and a good question. Also, also, I'd like to add that. Um, we do also have one of, uh, I think, three coastlines in, in the whole world that's ideal for wave energy, one of the, the best ones. Um, do we see that in the future? And um, building and maintaining solar power plants, um, such as we've been doing in the hills here for, for mm-hmm. small for uh, the last 40 years. Thank you. Okay, thanks for your question. Yeah, thank you. Um, I can't go into the details on sustainable technology, but I can tell you that we do have a sustainable construction and energy technology program at the college, and uh, those include certificates not only on construction, but renewable energy and building efficiency and performance. Uh, And so, you know, that is a great example of the college, you know, adapting to these changing needs. I don't know how much they are looking at... um, wind turbines um, as opposed to solar fields, which I know we have one on our campus, but um, that is a program that has come about in the last uh, handful of years. You know, the Sustainable Construction Energy Technology Renewable Energy Certificate is, you know, just a two and a half semester program to allow um, students to come in and learn more about it and get back out into the workforce. And that program, if anyone is interested in learning more about it, it is on our website at mendocino.edu and the um it the classes are overseen by noel woodhouse at the college so he could also answer um, any questions he would be in woodhouse at mendocino.edu if you want to learn more about our renewable energy programs yeah there's um quite a bit of interest i think in just I mean, obviously, sustainable is not exactly a buzzword. It's been around for a while. But obviously, we heard from Michael at the start of the show about, you know, the um, class offerings around hybrid and electric vehicles, um, like you just mentioned, Rose, the solar and the sustainable construction. Um, I think it would be interesting to explore. I have not heard anything about wind farm technology, but certainly our coastline um, does seem like it would be a place for that so maybe there's something in the pipeline that i'm not even aware of um but i do know we have the um the field station in point arena which is a unique um place and a, a unique opportunity for education particularly like geology and biology um and there are a lot of local community groups that partner with the the field station and with um steve cardamona who um is the kind of oversees the field station and does a lot of work on behalf of the field station um and i know when i was there in the spring he was talking about you know there was a group that came there to count the harbor seals you know to to keep track of those populations and so it's not just used for our own students um and, and faculty but for the the community and the state at large, um, there are other research groups that come in um, for those kinds of purposes. And I know that the college is really receptive to those kinds of partnerships. So, you know, to the caller's point, I, I would encourage anyone um, who has an interest in, in a field to, to reach out and, and explore. I mean, I know at some of our centers, we're always looking for community members who can teach classes. Um, and the the 
you know, the requirements for those vary depending on um, what, what you're teaching. But anyway, just to wrap up, um, Rose, is there anything else you want to add about what's happening for the spring semester? Again, the, the spring classes start um, the 17th of January, which is just in a few weeks, um, and we'll be celebrating the 50th anniversary all year. Um, but thank you for, for being here today and sharing um, info. I hope to see everyone at the Community Day in March and at the gallery exhibit sometime this spring, which will be um, forthcoming and advertised, I'm sure. You've been tuned in to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. My name is Julie McGovern. I'm your host. I'm the Executive Director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And my guests today have been Rose Bell, Director of Community Relations and Communications for Mendocino College, Christopher Chen, Integrated Vineyard Systems Advisor with the UC Cooperative Extension North Coast, and Michael Pratt, with the um, auto tech department at Mendocino College. Lots of exciting things happening, lots of opportunities for learning, whether that just be one class or getting your certificate or degree. You can learn more at mendocino.edu. And thank you for listening. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. Donate.